This week on Blue 58, we're a day late, but officially starting to look forward to the upcoming season. Who are we expecting a lot out of this year and why? Plus, big life updates that affect the power sweep and why I still have a special place in my heart for Madden, even though it's bad now. Blue 58! Hello and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the official podcast of thepowersweep.com. I am your host, John Meerdink. Very excited to be with you here a day late. As I did mention, we'll explain why that exactly is here in a second, along with a bunch of other things that kind of all go together. But first, I want to address something that I got one email about this week, and I know some of you uh, probably have... I know if one person talked about this, other people are going to have been concerned about it as well. Uh, I am aware of audio issues going on with this feed, and I really don't know what's going on there. Uh, been aware of it intermittently for some time. Some weeks we do have audio that seems to break up a little bit when you guys are listening to it in the downloads. Other weeks, sure. First of all, this is not... I do know a couple things about this for sure. First of all, this is not a an us problem. This is not um, a, a problem with the power sweep. It's not a problem with you downloading it either. So in the family here, we're all... After they've been downloaded, because I have heard the episodes been downloaded with the audio issues, and then gone back and checked the source file, the original file that I have on my computer that is created in this recording process, and it and it's fine. So somewhere between it getting uploaded and it getting downloaded to you, that's where the problem happens. I don't know exactly it's that problem. I'm working with our podcast, but. I just want to let you know that that is something that we are aware of. Okay? Okay. Business taken care of. Lots of stuff going on here. As you no doubt realize, this podcast is a day late. I said on social media that that was because of some life stuff. I will now explain exactly what that means. To do that, we're going to do this show in a little bit different order than we typically do. Typically, we do a couple smaller stories of bigger content than then I always end the show with, while I've got you here, just throw in a a little something extra, something that's been on my mind, something that may not be entirely football related, maybe sometimes even some personal news. Thank you for listening, whatever. This week, we kind of have to do that while I've got you here, along with the topic all at the start here because I want to make sure we get to this all and I make sure that people kind of understand what's going on with the totality of the picture of the power sweep. First, this all sounds very, very scary. It's not. Things are fine. This is going to continue to go on. The show is going on. The website's going on. Everything's going on that we do with this for the foreseeable future. That's not changing. In fact, it's probably going to get better because as you probably know, if you've been listening to this for any amount of time over the past few months, we have been in the process of moving. And as of today, as of this morning, we have finally, finally closed on a house. It has been a long time coming. This has, this has been literally almost exactly to the day, a year-long process that is integrally linked with the power sweep. Let me explain why. Some of you may be aware that prior to the power sweep, from 2012-ish to 2015-ish, sometime during 2015, I ran a website called The Packer Perspective, packerperspective.com. Uh, it was mostly a site. We had a podcast briefly. It's our Patreon feed if you want to listen to it. In fact, I will be posting some of those episodes in our Patreon feed if you want to take a look at that. I'm not going to make them available for public con- consumption 
unless you find them on your own because it's old stuff. It doesn't necessarily represent where we are now. But I had that site for a long time. While I had that site, I became an employee of 620 WTMJ in Milwaukee, which Wisconsin-based listeners will know is the official radio station of the Green Bay Packers. They have a long, long relationship dating back to the 1920s. It's a big deal that they are together. I cleared my work on the Packer perspective with my boss. Packer perspective without, he left. And without necessarily communicating everything I was doing to the rest of the the people at the station. Not that I was doing anything bad. I was a, a news anchor and reporter for WTMJ, and I treated what I did at the Packer perspective with the same level of rigor that I did in my day. I to do everything that I do for the Packers to the highest level that I can. I, I don't want to do the this fan perspective garbage. Uh, we can we can have a better conversation than just being like, I'm going to do the fans perspective on, on sports and stuff like that. There's too much of that out there. So that's what I tried to do with Packer perspective, and I've carried that forward into the power sweep. In 2015, WTMJ brought Packer perspective to an end. I never really got an adequate explanation why, but they just said, we don't like you doing this, and you have to stop doing it. And since I wanted to keep my job, I did. But another thing happened in 2015 I got married. And one of the things about being married is you tend to want to spend some time with your spouse. Unfortunately, if you're any good at doing radio, you end up working in the morning. And that was what was starting to happen to me. About the I was spending more and more of my time working the morning shift at WTMJ, which meant getting up in time to be at work at about 3.30 in the morning. Not super great for the newlywed life. If you want to spend any amount of time with your spouse, getting up at 3.30 in the morning when she works in the afternoon and evening just doesn't work out. So we decided after my wife got an offer at her alma mater that we would move to southern Indiana and be there for a while. In the course of us being there, I kind of decided that I would relaunch the Packer perspective. But my wife said, if you're going to do this Packers blogging thing, why don't you do it for real? Ditch the WordPress stuff, get yourself a real site, and really try to make it look good, make it look professional. So that is why we launched the Power Sweep in the summer of 2016. Fast forward a year, my wife took a job um, elsewhere, which necessitated a move to Northwest Ohio. And that is what we have been trying to do for the, the last year, literally the last year. It took me a long time to get a job. It took me a long, us a long time to find a house, but we have finally accomplished both of those things and we can finally start to really move forward. The reason that I didn't get a podcast out yesterday is because Tuesday night and really all of this last week or so, I've been working on the documents, everything that you need to get together to close. That is a lot of paperwork. And if any of you have ever bought a house in the United States, that is a lot of paperwork. The final packet that we had to put together to do this deal was 102 pages long. It's it's a big investment. It takes a lot of stuff. So that's why the podcast didn't come out on time. But the reason I say this is going to be even better for the power sweep is for a couple reasons. First, as much as I love my in-laws, as much as of as they have made all of this possible because we've been living with them for for quite some time. It has not been the exactly the most ideal recording setup, as you might imagine. I'm recording this current podcast on a janky laptop in 
a spare bedroom. Uh, that is not ideal. That's not how I would like to do things. But in this new house, there is going to be a dedicated studio space for the power sweep. Not a spare bedroom, not a bedroom you turned into an actual honest-to-goodness place that I can turn into a recording studio. And my wife happily fully supports this and thinks this is a fantastic idea because she wants to see this grow. So I am extremely excited. And I it just is so cool that this all comes together right before the two-year anniversary of the Power Sweep because this is going to mean that we can do some bigger and better things in the future. Not entirely prepared to say exactly what those things are, but we do have some big plans to do some bigger and better things. It's super exciting, and I am relieved that we've only had to delay recording for one episode because of the house stuff and have one week off because we were moving to Northwest Ohio. This is going to be it. We're going to be settled, and everything is going to be great. So I am super excited. I am super thankful for everybody who's been patient and, and for the people who have given us thoughts and feedback and stuff like that. It's been an incredible two years for the Power Sweep. I am thankful to all of you for making this happen. I'm thankful for my wife to who encouraged me to do this. Thankful to Gary for, for helping out and all the stuff that he does, making our site great, providing content, providing feedback. It's been amazing. And it's just really cool to have all of this come together at once. So I wanted to mention this all up top because it's important. Uh, I think you guys deserve an ex I hate saying that. Uh, I hate podcasts who say you guys. I just want to talk to one of you at a time. I'm thankful to all of you, each of you individually, who has made this happen. And I'm, I'm just super excited for the things that we are going to be able to do in the future. Thank you very much. It's, it's super, super exciting. Um, it's been an interesting week so far for the Packers. We had the supplemental draft today, and nothing happened. Much as we expected, uh, I did a little thing on Twitter about this. Um, the Packers have been largely non-participatory in the supplemental draft, save for the Mike Wall pick 20 years ago. They did have Ahmad Brooks play for the Packers last year. He was also a supplemental draft pick, but by and large, not super surprising to not participate. It's only an eventful week for the Packers, really, because we're about two weeks away from the start of training camp. And that means that we need to start doing one of my favorite things that we do every year and talk about ex expectations for people. But before we talk about expectations for guys that we have on the offensive side of the ball, I want to take a second and talk about Madden. The Packers' Madden ratings, and the, the ratings for everybody else for that matter, came out this week after a, I guess you would call it a false step, false start perhaps, um, in that we got a few Madden ratings that were not entirely accurate. Um, I usually don't care about the ratings. I don't care this year, and I barely care about this game at all anymore. But there is a part of me that just can't let go of Madden. I still feel some interest for this game, even though I think it is pretty objectively worse than it was 10, even 15 years ago. There are features being introduced in the last two or three years that just came standard a long, long time ago. They're like, hey, check out this new stuff that we have. No, that's something that you took out of the game and now are putting back in and trying to say that it's, it's new. It's not new. It's just something that you decided to stop doing and now have reintroduced. Madden the idea of it, if not so much the game itself. I haven't bought a new version of Madden since, I think it was Madden 2016. I, I'm getting messed up. I think it's 2017, actually. 
It was the one with Rob Gronkowski on the cover. I haven't bought one since then, and that was the first one I'd bought since 2012. But I still love this idea of Madden. It's because I think I've got some pretty deep connections to this game. Dating back to 2003, that was the first year I got Madden. Madden 2003, Marshall Falk is on the cover. Got it for the GameCube, what's up? Um, It was fantastic. Uh, It was the fall of my eighth grade year. And I was playing what I thought at the time was going to be my last year of organized football. The high school I was going to go to did not have football. So as in to me was my football. Madden 2003, Madden 2004, Madden 2005. I spent hours and hours and hours and hours tinkering with that game. I created players. I created plays. I created teams. I did everything that you could possibly do. Sometimes I would just spend a day doing fantasy draft after fantasy draft after fantasy draft, never playing any games, just trying to see what was the best possible team that I could get. I just loved tinkering with it, and I loved the background and the details and all of those little things. You probably see some of that sort of stuff come out in my my Packers writing today. It was amazing. It gave me the football that I wanted, that I wished I could have, but I could never, never have when I was in high school. Then I went to college. Uh, freshman year Madden got me through some downtimes. I've talked with you about uh, the issues with depression and anxiety that I've had. Uh, Madden was a good source of structure during those times. The great thing about a game like Madden, even as repetitive as it can be, is there's a lot of structure there. There's familiarity. And that, if you are having issues with you know, feeling like your life is not entirely in control, it's good to have things that you can control and and work on. And it's kind of like this, you know, coloring book craze that you have for adults now. You just handle your coloring, you stay inside the lines, you try to score as many points as you can in Madden, whatever, it was kind of soothing and relaxing and good. More so than that, though, it gave me a great connection with the guy who would become my best friend at college. We never actually played Madden together, but we spent a lot of time talking about the way that we played the game. We both love to do things like create players and do fantasy drafts and do trades and create teams and stuff like that. Coming up with elaborate, elaborate backstories for the players that would end up on our team. Uh, we had spent hours talking about you know, why you would want a certain player to have a particular number and certain accessories to go with his uniform just because you could tell the kind of player that he was from the position that that he went to things like that uh if you had a five foot seven inch half uh halfback who with who was incredibly fast you had to have him in the right number with the right accessories and stuff to reflect the kind of player that he was obviously i don't know why you wouldn't play it that way if you had a guy with a particularly outlandish name you had to give him outlandish accessories to match This all seemed like common knowledge to us, and it was something that we talked a lot about together, even after we graduated from college and went on to live in different cities. That and the NCAA football franchise as well. I kind of got away from Madden after about 2012, 2013. uh, Careers started taking off, doing some different things. Just didn't have time for it anymore. But the love for the idea of the game and the things it gave me has still stayed strong. And I still have some of that, even as I see how far Madden has gotten from what it was when I first started playing. And 
if it can be what it was to me for somebody who is now, you know, 13, 14 years old, maybe it's not so bad after all. I will always argue, though, that the Madden that I grew up with was better than everything today. So I still can't entirely let go of this game, even as far removed as it is from what I consider the real golden era of Madden. Let's talk about expectations here for a second. We like to do this every year for a couple of reasons. First, it dovetails super nicely with the year-end series that we do, kind of recapping every player's season for the Packers. But to do that well, to really give an honest sort of reflection on a player's season, we think you have to talk about what you expected from a guy going in. That way you have a standard to say, This guy either lived up to what we thought he was going to do, or maybe he really didn't have the kind of season that we hoped he would. We set expectations at three levels, low, moderate, and high. Those should be pretty self-explanatory, but I'll, I'll talk a little bit more in depth here. Low expectations, pretty much anything beyond making the roster in terms of contributions is a bonus. So these are going to be the guys that are the deep depth, depth players, special teams only guys, guys that if you're really spending any amount of time with them in a role on your offense, you're probably in trouble, but maybe they make a play now and then. That's really just a bonus though. Moderate expectations, guys we should be able to count on to be stable role players who occasionally take on a bigger role. And high expectations, even more self-explanatory. If we have high expectations for you, means one of two things. Either we need very big impact from you, or you are a guy on your last chance who's been around for a while, it's time to put up or shut up. Uh, we uh, There are two guys that I want to talk about in particular who fall into that category. People within the low, moderate, and high expectations also have a little bit of variation. I'll give you an example. Two guys that I have as high expectations guys are Aaron Rodgers and Corey Lindsley. I have high expectations for Corey Lindsley this year. I think, you know, he's been a starter for the Packers for a long time. He's regarded as one of the better centers in the league, but high expectations for Corey Lindsley are going to be very different from the high expectations you have for Aaron Rodgers, a two-time MVP and a guy, whether you believe he is or not, who is legitimately in the conversation, uh, to be one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Certainly, if he's not the best, he is certainly the best ever at some of the things that he does. I think maybe that's the fairest way I can put it, and I don't want to get into the GOAT argument right now. All I want to do is say that expectations can vary even within those categories. So, a couple guys from each of these categories. I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about the low expectations guys. I went through the roster and took some time um, to to think about each of these guys and tried to put them into each of these tiers. And I was surprised where some of them ended up, but I feel pretty strongly about the list as it stands right now. You'll be able to read the entire list as we get towards the start of training camp here in a couple weeks, but anything you want to talk about the highlights for now. Low expectations. Anything beyond making the roster is a bonus for these guys. The one person I wanted to highlight here was Michael Clark, the second-year wide receiver who is enormously tall, but otherwise very, very raw. And the reason that I think there should be low expectations for Michael Clark this year is, yes, even though he made the roster last year, he is incredibly inexperienced, not just as a wide receiver, but as a football player. It's not that he's just young and a wide receiver who is still figuring out his way in the NFL. He is still learning how to play football. 
He was not entirely sure when he started with the Packers where all of the positions lined up. That sort of level of inexperience. He didn't know the, the nuances of you know, doing things like special teams and stuff like that. This is a guy we need to have appropriately low expectations from. And with three draft picks ahead of him, I don't want to say ahead of him, competing with him to make the roster this year, three new draft picks, that is, if you throw in guys like D'Angelo Yancey and Trevor Davis, it's even more, we have to have pretty low expectations. It would be pretty surprising to see him make the roster this year. That's not to say that he can't, but beyond making the roster, I think it would be a big surprise to see him contribute at all this year. That about does it for low expectations. Moderate expectations here, a little bit more interesting. Let's start with quarterbacks. I have Brett Hundley and Deshaun Kaiser both as having relatively moderate expectations this year. A couple of different reasons here. Well, I guess almost the same reason, but approaching it from different perspectives here. First, Brett Hundley showed us last year that we really have no reason to have high expectations for him as a quarterback at this point in his career. Sure, he has done some nice things in the preseason, but even with years of development, he could not play at an NFL average level we need to have pretty moderate expectations for him. If he shows competency, I think that's about it for Brett Hundley. That's about all we can expect from him. The same thing goes for Deshaun Kaiser, but just because kind of the opposite of Hundley, he is so raw. He got thrown into the fire so early in Cleveland, he never really got a chance to figure out who he was as an NFL player before he was called on to do literally everything for the Cleveland Browns. With almost literally, no help. He didn't get Josh Gordon until late, late in the year. That's not super fair as far as evaluating who he is as a player. So if he can show himself to be a solid, somewhat dependable quarterback in training camp this year, I think that would be wildly exciting for him. I even debated putting him under low expectations, but I think given the fact that the Packers traded for him and that they apparently were interested in drafting him in 2017, we have to have something higher than low for him. So he gets grouped in under the guys with moderate expectations. All of the rookie wide receivers and D'Angelo Yancey, to me, have pretty moderate expectations this year. As I've said many times here on this podcast and on the site, rookie wide receivers just do not contribute in the NFL, especially day three pick guys. And all of those guys that I just mentioned, all four of them are day three picks. Yancey spent all of last year in the practice squad and Jamon Moore, Equinemia St. Brown, and Marquez Marquez Valdez-Scantling are all rookie day three picks. Probably three out of those four guys to make the roster. expect any of them to contribute in any significant way. I would not be at all surprised to see a couple splashes from any or all of them at some point this year. Rounding out our moderate expectations for this year's podcast on offense, I'd like to talk about Brian Bulaga. Yes, he gets paid a lot. Yes, when healthy, he is among the best tackles in the league, but he is coming off an ACL injury that will almost certainly keep him out for all of training camp, if not the start of the regular season. I think it's going to be the pup list for Brian Bulaga to start the year. I don't think we see Brian Bulaga until the middle of the season. So evaluating what he is likely to contribute to the Packers on balance for this season 
your expectations have to be pretty moderate. Even when he comes back, if he comes back the earliest he can get back uh, from that pup list, week eight, nine, something like that, he is still going to be barely a year removed from his ACL injury. He is not going to be 100% of peak Brian Bulaga from 2016 or whatever was his best season. I think it was 2016 probably. Is he going to be 80% of that? 75% of that? 70% of that? Really hard to say. So I think we need to temper expectations for Bulaga a little bit. I would not argue that he should be cut. I still think he is a relative bargain for what he could be, even for half a season. So uh, moderate expectations, I think, are pretty reasonable for him. Let's round it out by talking about guys who have high expectations. Then we will call it a week and look forward to talking about defense next week. Two wide receivers, uh, one offensive lineman. Oh, I guess it's two offensive or two wide receivers and two offensive linemen that I want to talk about for whom I have high expectations this year. I think you have to have pretty high expectations for Geronimo Allison. The Packers did not do a whole lot to address their starting group of wide receivers this year. Packersnews.com, the guys who write there can't get it together whether they want to really consider signing Jimmy Graham, addressing the wide receiver position or not. He's not a wide receiver, so I don't think you can call it addressing the receiver position. Yes, he does line up like a wide receiver. Yes, he did argue when he was getting franchise tagged by the Saints that he should be considered a wide receiver. He is not, however, a wide receiver, even if he acts like one. The Packers needed depth at wide receiver, They didn't really do anything to address the top end of their depth chart. And as a result, Geronimo Allison is the guy who's going to get a first crack at being a starting type wide receiver. He's going to get a lot of snaps early on. What he does with those snaps, I have no way of projecting. I I don't know what to make of him other than him being a guy who seems to get along pretty well with Aaron Rodgers, which is a good thing. But He's pretty limited from a a physical attributes perspective. I like that he's long and kind of slippery and seems to do some good things after the catch, but he's not particularly explosive in any one area, not from a speed perspective, not from a jumping perspective, not from an agility perspective. So the high expectations for Geronimo Allison are pretty much just due to the fact that he is going to be playing, at least at the start of the season, a big role, and he has to contribute he'll have to step up. So he has pretty high expectations this year. Similarly, Trevor Davis is in his third year with the Packers, and it's put up or shut up time. Trevor Davis is exactly the same now as it was when he was drafted. He is incredibly fast. He is very explosive. He can't really seem to get open for beans. That was what we thought about Trevor Davis when he was taken three years ago. That's pretty much where he is now. We know that he is a great, sometimes, punt returner. We know he is, again, explosively fast and and could do some decent things as a punt cover guy. But it's put up or shut up time. There's at least two other fifth-round picks who have similar stories to Trevor Davis. Neither D'Angelo Yancey nor uh, Valdez Scantling are particularly uh, are, are as fast as he is, but 
their games are supposed to be similar. They're supposed to be deep threat type guys. They're supposed to be guys who are, are, are physical marvels and th- they are bigger and stronger than Davis. So unless Davis has an incredible camp, I think just cut him. Uh, unless he shows that he is ready to contribute in a meaningful way, he's got to go. And for that reason, I think there can't be anything other than high expectations for Davis this year. In a similar vein, Jason Spriggs has got to put up or shut up as well. He came on pretty strong towards the end of last season after a disastrous start to the year. But... He hasn't really done that consistently for the Packers. And going into his third season now, it's time for him to really put it together. I don't think there's any reason for the Packers to cut him in training camp if he doesn't perform like a starting caliber guy. I think he you can still find a role for him. And I think if you've got him under contract for four years, you shouldn't, you know, be eager to give up on a guy who has the sort of physical gifts that he does. You should give him every opportunity you can to figure it out. But the bar is going to be pretty high for Jason Spriggs this year. Finally, finally, we got to talk about Byron Bell. He's a guy that's going to be contributing or contributing, competing with Jason Spriggs to contribute on the right side of the offensive line. Byron Bell is all but guaranteed a roster spot this year by the way the Packers structured his contract. He got a big signing bonus and you've you've got to think that the Packers are thinking he's going to be a guy who is certainly going to be on the roster if not penciled in for a starting spot just because of the amount of money they gave him. He's got to show why that contract was justified because he really hasn't been a consistent starter for the duration of his time in the league. And I don't mean that he hasn't started consistently because he did when he was with the Tennessee Titans. He wasn't, he just hasn't been a consistent performer when he has started. The expectations for Byron Bell, given that the Packers all but gifted him a roster spot by the nature of his contract, have to be pretty high. Do you agree with my picks? Do you disagree? Do you think this entire podcast has been too self-reflective and just all tied up in my opinions? Let me know. You know how to contact us, and uh, I would encourage you to do so because that's going to be about it for this week. That's, uh, That's all I've got for this week's podcast. Do what you can to reach out to contact us. Follow us at thepowersweep.com. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter at The Power Sweep in both of those locations. And if you would be so kind, leave us an email at thepowersweep1959 at gmail.com. I do appreciate you being you allowing me to be a little bit indulgent in this podcast. And if you would like to be uh, like to contribute to that further indulgence, there are a couple ways that you can support us. Subscribe to our Patreon page. We've picked up a couple new supporters recently. Uh, thank you very much for your support there. A dollar a month helps us defray all of our uh, hosting costs for this podcast. So please consider contributing there. Patreon.com slash the power sweep. If you would like to literally wear your support for the power sweep on your sleeve, we can both allow you to do that and literally provide you with sleeves. Check out our store at teespring.com. Click on the store link at thepowersweep.com like to support us for absolutely free you may do so by leaving us a review at itunes uh, just google, uh, google search uh, the uh, blue 58 in the apple podcast store or wherever you review your podcast 
and uh, leave us a review there. It helps more people find the show. As always, I do appreciate any and all of your feedback. I appreciate you helping us get through these first two years of the Power Sweep. Thank you, thank you, thank you from the bottom of my heart. And thank you for all of the feedback and thoughts that you give us. It does help all of this become better and helps all of us become Smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, Smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I am John Meerdink. I have been your host. We will see you back here next week on Blue 58. Thank you.